Welcome to the Mary Gostolo Girl Ahead podcast, the weekly unique insight into luxury hospitality around the world by those who know it best. Brought to you by Jetex, the world's favorite private aviation company. I'm absolutely thrilled to be meeting up with my dear friend Lee Tullock, who is one of the world's best and most highly respected travel writers. She loves luxury hotels, and I'm longing to find out how she puts hotels and resorts into her storytelling. Who are you? I'm a travel writer, and I'm also a novelist. I write a column for the Sydney Morning Herald, Melbourne Age, and online, which is the most read travel pages in Australia, and that column's weekly, so I have to come up with a lot of material every week. You sure do, my goodness. Yes. How do you decide when you wake up in the morning and you think, oh, I've got a column to write, am I going to feature that gorgeous hotel, or am I going to write about something like traveling with carry-on only? I have a list of things that I'm interested in writing, but I have to tell you the truth. It's not until the day of deadline that I really, I really start putting my mind to it. So, for instance, I'll travel um, to different sort of travel destinations and I might have an idea then of something about hotels that, that interests me that will sustain a column. So that's where it, it sort of comes from, the ideas come from. If, if, if a hotel is doing something interesting, like on board a ship, they're suddenly doing uh, old-fashioned games or a hotel or a resort's doing croquet again, that's the subject oh, for, yes. a, now for that's, a column. Now, that's really interesting. Let's talk mm. about croquet because... <laughs> Croquet is big in Australia amongst younger people, isn't it? Yes, the younger people are really picking up on these these games. And I notice on board ships that that you'll find that the you know of course they've often had shuffleboard, but for many years they got rid of them and then put in all these sort of um, arcade games mm. and and crazy sort of electronic games. And now they're going back because the the next generation like things that are much more real and much more tailor-made and I think much more um, accessible, almost old-fashioned. So that's a story, actually. Definitely. And you and I have the great joy of talking here on board SS Splendor, part of Regent Seven Sea Cruises, which has just announced its partnership with the Global Hotel Alliance, GHA, which is going to give all those millions of members of Discovery belonging possibly to Kempinski or to one of the minor hotels and Anantaris, one of 40 brands, hotels and ships are going to become more closely aligned. What kind of other items or things or attributes have you picked up from hotels that really are storytelling to you. Something that interested me recently was listening to hotels um, give presentations at ILTM in Singapore. Mm. And the thing that struck me was almost all of them were talking about their hotels as residences. Mm. They didn't like the word hotel. Mm. They were all talking about how that they were bringing a home residential feel to their hotels. Now, 
in my personal opinion, I go to a hotel because it is a hotel. Mm. I don't want it to be like home. So I think that while I understand that people like the comforts of home, uh, want to be somewhere that's not stuffy and that they feel relaxed in, I sort of feel that that was an interesting angle for hotels to be taking. And I thought that maybe they should get back to being hotels and not homes. This is so relevant. Do you know, I had a LinkedIn message from somebody a few hours ago, somebody I don't know, she's a Gen Z Microsoft executive who contacted me out of the blue and thanked me for podcast, this podcast that you and I are talking mm-hmm. for right now. She is fascinated by luxury hotels. Here we've got a young person who just loves the idea of luxury hotels. She doesn't want to have luxury homes. No, she wants a hotel. Mm, That's right. Well, I think that that in my generation, a lot of young people went backpacking. Mm. And at first, that was their first travel Mm. experience. But I think there are a lot of uh, of the younger generation who are who are who are working you know they're not going to take that that gap year off and they can work on the road now this mm. is a different thing about this generation that they can take everything with them it's not like working from home it's working from the world mm. i think more and more of them have the ambition that that's what they would like to do and so hotels have a lot of support structures in them they have you know, if you're staying at an Airbnb or a hostel or something, they don't have the sort of supports for someone who's working as well as holidaying, which I think is a very, very big trend for, for all of us. I mean, obviously, I work on the road and I get really annoyed when there's not good desk access. And one of the great things about this cruise is it has a really fabulous desk in the suite, um, which is really helpful for me. Mm. And I think a lot of hotels have that, still have that idea that there's some kind of old fashioned desk there with no plugs that you can Mm. plug anything in. Um, And they're all the things that I think hotels need to start thinking of in a more significant way. They they need to start thinking about those things and they also need to get rid of some ghastly words like redefining luxury. Um, It means nothing. It's me you know, when a journalist sees that, we just go, Well, you know, what? Because the thing about this is that you need to be specific when you're sending out your press releases. You need to find a story that is really, really specific to you that really is a story is not just a kind of a bland statement of something you know I mean so many hotels now are talking about community what they're doing for community because that's the hot hot word but what are you really doing for what community? are they doing you, you want know? specifics yes another thing that I think would be so much more helpful is if the people sending out information put in names You know, let's take a movie coming out. The stars are always mentioned. Mm. You can't put out details of a brand new movie without saying it's got um, somebody really good in it. You need the name. And the number of times when I get information from a hotel and... They omit the name of the designer. Having said it's a beautiful design, they omit the name of the general manager or the managing director. It's very important. 
specifics as yes, as I, I agree and then also in your storytelling make sure it really is a story now a lot of um hotels obviously have pr companies working for them and some are better than others at this some they all will say they're storytellers which is an, is actually a very annoying <laughs> expression because what does that mean just a fancy way of saying i put out a press release mm. so a press release you know i think it's good to have all the basics, but I think it's also good to just kind of highlight the thing that you really believe in, the thing that you are really doing that has a story attached to it, whether it is that croquet lawn that you've suddenly put in because you've identified that this is a trend and everyone wants it and this is what you're doing with it and you're having afternoon teas with it or something like that that really has a lot of charm and character about it as opposed to just saying, oh, we are doing all these great things for our community because we're hiring people, um, rather than actually telling us who those people are, what their stories are, um, and just giving us a little introduction. I mean, we are, as a journalist, I will find my own story. I won't just take a press release. Uh, there are journalists who just take the press release. Mm. But in my case and in the case, I think, of the, the journalists who are the, mo- you know, the most high profile, we want our own stories too. But we need that glimmer. If you said to me you were doing that, I think, ah, okay, that's a really good story. I'm going to contact that hotel or I'm going to try and stay there and experience mm. it. And that, that staying there makes all the, all the difference. Because then you know I'm an early morning person and... Very often I'll be down in the front hall in in the lobby long before daylight and to see the the night staff at work is part of the charm Mm. of a whole operation. Mm. Yeah, behind the scenes, I mean, a lot of hotels don't want us to see that. But actually, the human, it's the human side of a hotel, which mm-hmm. I also think is, is mm-hmm. really important. And I think these days, people want to connect to that. I mean, I certainly know from the point of view of Australian travellers, which are a big travelling, small mm-hmm. country, small mm-hmm. population, big, big, big travellers, we always want to come home with the stories of the people we met mm-hmm. because we're very gregarious and we're very egalitarian and that's the thing that interests us the most. That's so important, yes. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about... Uh, butlers in hotels? Um, Well, that's quite interesting, isn't it? Because I like a butler, but I have to say, as an Australian, sometimes they make me feel awkward. (laughs) Um, I did stay in a very glamorous hotel once where I was the only person actually and the butler followed me around the whole time and it was way too much (laughs) it was way 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 too much um and I so I think that there's obviously a fine art to that but also I think butlers there are butlers and there are butlers there are the Mm. beautifully trained butlers who you know we just love but there are also butlers who are basically um doing room service so to call them butlers when they're when they're actually doing just a room service, which you know, of course, I value very highly. It's a great thing to have room service, but to actually give them that kind of more formal thing when they're not really a beautifully trained butler is I'm dubious about. Lee, can we talk a little bit about your novels? You're writing mm. at the moment about a travel writer. I am. I've How decided. How autobiographical <laughs> is this going to be? Well, you know, it's funny because when I started writing it, it wasn't uh, mm. at all. And then I've had to think about it again. And I thought, no, you know, I'm going to actually make it kind of me, but it isn't me. 
<laughs> obviously. Um, but I'm going to put myself more in it because I sort of think that I know a lot and I've experienced a lot. And when I try and keep it behind another character, sometimes it's not it's not going to be as interesting to read. So, uh, you know, all my books have not been, none of them have been autobiographical at all. I've created characters. But in this case, I'm starting to think that maybe it would be interesting for the readers to really, even though it's a fiction, to also really know what it's like, what the life is like. Has the book got a title yet? Um, Not really. No, it hasn't yet. It's way too early. It's way too early. I'm only in the beginning. Okay, well, we will be watching out. So make (laughs) sure that you let me know the title as soon as possible so that I can put the message out. You mentioned afternoon tea Mm. earlier. Now, afternoon tea seems to be one of the two buzzwords at the moment. Mm. Everybody is doing Mm. afternoon tea. You have a lovely resort on an island in the Indian Ocean and you're serving afternoon tea in the exquisite traditional way. Um, how about other meals? How, how storytelling possible are other meals, do you think, in hotels? Hmm, well, I guess that's interesting. I mean, a lot of hotels, you know, have have guest chefs and they try and sort of make the culinary side of things mm. a bit more interesting. I mean, there is a big, big culinary traveller, mm. for sure. There are definitely people who travel for culinary experiences. Mm. So I do think it can be a highlight. It tends to work better, I think, with the smaller hotels and also lodges and that kind of thing where where the food is a bit more integral. I think sometimes one of my great dislikes is what I call hotel cakes, which are, which are the cakes that have come, you know, that are sort of, and they're not mass produced, but they come out, of, they feel as if they've come out of the same kitchen all around the world. What you want, Lee, is individuality. This is coming through again and again in this fascinating talk because you want something that stands out. You want a story that is different. Yes, exactly. Breakfast is the meal that nearly all guests in a hotel or a resort are more likely to have. Mm. And breakfast is vital. Mm. Agree. Totally agree. I'm a big... My favourite thing in the world is a long hotel breakfast. To sit in the hotel breakfast room or restaurant for hours till I annoy them. <laughs> they have to throw me out. Because and this have various is when things. you see people all around, you? do. You? Plus, plus, it's a great start to a day. Plus, you can, you know, make sure that you set aside an hour or two for it. You can be really relaxed. It starts your day really well. I've written about hotel breakfasts and how I love them endlessly. It's one of my favourite subjects. But I do think... Hotels, maybe, I think you might be right that it's possibly something that they could highlight a little more. I couldn't agree more with that. We're coming to the end of our allotted time, but spas and wellness. Okay. Ah, Right. Your face lights up. Yes. Well, yes, if it's a good one. I mean, quite often, again, it's not a good one. Massages are offered at a huge cost and they're not particularly deep or interesting. But the genuine spa experience where you're actually going to a proper health retreat is amazing. I've just been to one that was just 
and they worked on every aspect of my body. You know, I told them what was wrong with me and they they really did all kinds of interesting treatments. Where was that? That was Raksa, which is uh, just in Bangkok. It's R-A-K-X-A and it's relatively new. It opened before the pandemic. It's an integrated medical and health retreat in an island just outside Bangkok. Well, let's finish since we've now mentioned one fantastic wellness resort. Which hotels anywhere in the world do you think do as good a job as possible in giving you stories? Oh, well, that's interesting, isn't it? Um, look, I have my favourite hotels, I guess. So so they would be... Uh, oh, there's a whole list of them, isn't there? You would have your favourite hotels. I mean, I love... You know, the grand storied hotels still have stories to tell, like the Cipriani, for instance. There's always a story there. There's always something that you can do on... Where they're where they are on Judeca Island, not just at the hotel. There's always something that they're doing that's that that's new. So I mean, I love a grand hotel. There's always a story for the beautifully done grand hotels. But I am interested in a lot of new hotels that have a different, fresh approach. Um, that uh, it, it comes back again and again. Mm-hmm. You have just used the adjective fresh mm. but apart from that this conversation has avoided all those mm. ghastly words that we don't like you or i that don't say anything you want the real mccoy you want something different yes absolutely 